Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Uh... What are we, we going to do today? We, we skewered Nick yesterday, so is, is it the player's turn? <laughs> nah, man, yesterday. Was it a barbecue yesterday? <laughs> we put him on a skewer. Put him on a kebab, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the end of the rest of the end of season availability in a couple minutes. I forgot. There's two play-in tournament games tonight. Are how, you, how could you forget? Are you excited about Chicago at Miami and OKC at Minnesota? I'm pretty excited for both of these. I'm not going to lie. Just because, like, winner-take-all basketball is always exciting, like, it's just a shame that typically we get it in NCAA where the quality of play is, is generally poor than professional basketball. And I say generally because it really is poor in like 99% of instances. But, um, yeah, no, I, I do think that um, it, it'll be exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, I don't think either team in the in the Eastern Conference is going to do anything to Milwaukee. But I am curious in terms of like, okay, which team can maybe scare Denver a little bit. I would expect Denver to clear both of those two teams. Um, but at least they have more of a chance in the West. In the East, it's just kind of just like this is like the last cast for either of these two franchises because um, if if we fast forward to like <clears throat> an hour from now when we're pre- previewing the first round, um, yeah, neither of them are going to take a game off Milwaukee. Mm. One game at most. One game at the very most. Yeah, yeah, gentlemen sweep at most. Out of these four teams, which team do you think has the most to lose if their season were to end tonight? I mean, do you have anything to lose when you're in the playing tournament? Like, you're already done. Well, I just you mean, can't get a good lottery pick, mm-hmm. and you really can't make noise in the first round either. So, like, I think they all have the same to lose, quite frankly. No, I'm thinking, like, you know, for Miami, they had a terrible season, and that roster is getting up there in age in terms mm-hmm. of the key players. I mean, they still have Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, but... You know who has the most to lose? Bam Adebayo, man. His <laughs> reputation in the first... It's First in the match mud. Of Atlanta, that was in the mud. So he's got to redeem himself it's against Nick Vucevic. Also, potentially Udonis Haslam's last game tonight. Right. Just for everybody tuning. I think Minnesota has a lot to lose, too. Like, you get, if you get to the first round, you get to the same result as you got to last year. Mm-hmm. And But if you flame out and lose pl- two playing games here, and, and given all the Rudy Gobert stuff, like, this would just be an abject failure for them. I, I think the interesting thing for me is just, like, what do they have to win? Yeah, no, that's in, fair. In the infamous words of Messiah Jerry, playing for what? I mean, like... Spoke coming from the guy who spent all week previewing Bulls Raptors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and lying to me. <laughs> in, in, in hindsight, Messiah was absolutely right about it. So, um, all right, you're very anti-playing now. Ever no, since no, no. Wednesday's I, no game. I'm pro the game itself, but after they win the game, like, this is their shining moment. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, you're saying so. it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't say it doesn't matter in, in the scope of the bigger terms okay, no, of, that's like, fair. what the playoffs are going to look like. Yeah, It'll fair. matter to them tonight, though, for sure. For, so I'm looking um, forward to watching them. For Raptors fans, if you care, if the Bulls and Thunder win tonight, the Raptors will have the 11th best lottery odds. That's, that's what we're praying for? That's what we're rooting for. We're so, praying for the... Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> put the Bulls and Thunder on a parlay. Okay. And we get the 11th best lottery odds. I just want to get a higher pick. I just want to jump Dallas. I just want to jump Dallas oh. in the lottery. By the way, they I were, you just want to jump Dallas, period, because <laughs> they they're fi- such a disappointing NBA They were fined $75,000. That's it? Today. For, for I believe, what was described as conduct detrimental to the league. $75,000? What's that going to do? The, yeah. the franchise is valued double, at like $5 billion Yeah, let me double check that email from Jim LaBombard. See if I missed a zero. Yeah, you I, might have missed one yeah. zero. In there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll we'll get it. But either way, it's, it's not really going to impact anything. Yeah. So the cost of tanking publicly... And openly is 75K or 750K. Like, who cares, man? Mm, that's the cost of not being in the playing tournament. Also, so, was Masai fine for playing for what? Because 
if the Mavericks are finally fine for this, I mean, technically, that's what the Raptors said. No, too, I, so. I, I think Adam Silver had to had to take it lightly there because remember he went on that HBO program and said oh, that it was right, Masai's right. fault when right. the security officer uh, pushed him at the end of the finals. So yes, he I said mean, Masai was at fault for police brutality, which uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough look for Adam Silver, man. He, oh, and he God. said that on camera. Happy Friday. Yesterday we talked about Nick's future. And just a quick update on that, too. So per J. Lou of the uh, other network, he wrote a, you know, end of season column yesterday. And he said in his story that the front office was not happy about Nick's comments in Philly. And they let him hear about it, according mm. to sources. And he went on to say that there are players in the room who did not appreciate hearing their coach openly question his future with two weeks left in a season that they were still trying to salvage. So I think this was just kind of in line with everything that we've talked about. And we can move on. Uh, yeah, again, I, none of this is so surprising. Like, there's just, he didn't really need to do it. He did it. Didn't really walk it back. Um, and then we asked him about it at the end of the season. Yeah, we've, we've, we've sort of beaten the storyline to death. I mean, if, if he ultimately gets extended or if he gets let go, we will cover it again. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, it's hardly surprising. And, again, it was all because of the timing and the situation. Again, it just, all this could have been avoided. Like, we could have said none of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bring you a news item that you are excited about at some point today. Okay, I feel like I'm 0 for four so far. No, it's all um, good, man. It's all good. Happy Friday. Um, you so, brought me this bubble tea, so this is already like a win. For yeah, the, day, the man so. forgot the tapioca, so <laughs> <laughs> never, never trust a non-Asian to make a bubble tea. Is the takeaway on this one? Yeah, you said you went to the shop, and 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 the 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 the, what, the boy there was reading off of an extraction card. So yeah, that's tough. Don't show the label. Um, so. At yesterday's end of season availability, uh, a lot of the players on the roster talked and, you know, wanted to pick out some of these clips and thought we could talk about them mm-hmm. more in depth. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, Fred was asked and all the players were asked about, oh, what do you think by the end of the season now that this roster needs? And Fred had a really interesting answer that I thought stood out. Um, here's what he had to say. I find another identity, you know what I mean? Whatever that is. And I think that... Um, the chaos and the freedom, you know, it worked when it worked. And I think that going forward, uh, just pick pick what we're going to do. Like, it's not really that complicated. You know what I mean? We lock into how how things are going to flow offensively. You know, obviously we got a ton of talent for the breakdown situations. Defensively, I, I do like the system that we have in place. It needs to be executed at a higher clip. We need more reps and we need sharper. But I think for us, the devil's going to be in the details. And I think that, you know, we have to rep that and build that. Like, we can't try to do it by osmosis and, like, try to carry over a championship from four years ago and expect to add that to a group that we have now. Like, we got to build that every single day starting as soon as we get back in the gym this summer. Like, you got to start building every single detail offensively and defensively. And, and then when you get down to a situation where you need to win a game, you know, like, those things show. And I think that that's, as a group, you know, for the players, that's that's my focus is, like, getting our habits back right and our details back right. And I think everything else will, will you know, fall in place accordingly after that. Yeah, before I get your comments on this, too, Fred talked to Steve Bullpit of Heavy.com. During oh, the... man. Yo, shout out to Steve Bullpit, man. It's, it might be time. We have to get him on at some point. Get him out the bullpit. Um, no, uh, interview took place during the, the last week of the season, and Fred told heavy.com quote talent by itself is just not good enough you know you still got to do everything right every single day you've got to be able to play as a team you have to be able to execute and close out games 
And when he was asked about if his teammates have fully grasped what they have and what they could be accomplishing, Fred said, quote, I've been screaming it for two years. You know what I mean? I think that at a certain point, you can't make anybody grow up. It's going to happen at their own pace and at their own speed. And that's the frustrating part about maturity and just the development stage is that you can harp on it all you want to. So mm-hmm. I thought Fred's answer yesterday really did sum up, I think, what a lot of people feel about this team, right, and the identity that it, that needs to change going forward. No, I mean, I think it's pretty strong uh, what he said here in terms of fighting the new identity. I think it's clear um, he wants more structure on offense, right, because he talked about the defense. He likes the system. You know, we can execute at a higher clip, but, you know, there's there's good things there. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we even when we talked to Nick Nurse, remember at the start of the season, he was in that grumpy mood and... We interviewed him. <laughs> Sorry. They need to expose that part. Um, but, you know, I, I asked him about sort of the, 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 you know, you know, the emphasis that he puts on the offense and the emphasis he puts on the defense. And he talked about how, like, you know, the more and more he gets into this game, the more he's, you know, become obsessed with, like, finding ways to stop the other team, right, versus, like, drawing up the plays on the on offense. And he's spoken about it, too, in terms of the freedom um, that gives to a lot of players. And when you watch the Raptors play, clearly there is a sense of freedom. Um, the thing is, like, I mean, how much freedom should there be for a team that is still developing for a lot of offensive players on the team who don't have, like, natural offensive skill sets, right? I think the more structure you put into it, the better. And and to be fair to Nick, this is, like, a league-wide trend. Like, a lot of teams around the league also play with a free-flowing offense. Very few teams come down the floor and they, they you know, they run a set and, and you, know, uh, you know, play the half-court offense. We see so much, you know, um, fast-break offense. I think that's going to happen regardless. That's just how the league is going, and that's definitely where the Raptors have their advantages is playing in the half court or in the in the full court. But in a half court setting, there definitely needs to be more put into place, and I think that that's really what you know um, Fred is talking about. And of course, all the details and stuff like that 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 definitely helps. It's again like like I said yesterday, the Raptors are not a team that has overwhelming talent by any means. Um, they are not a team that really is structured for one or two guys to just go by themselves and, and sort of create everything for everything else. This is not like I suppose what the Dallas Mavericks should be on paper, for example. There's not a Kyrie and Luka kind of scenario on this team. There's neither. And so in order for the Raptors to win, they need to be great defensively, which I think they should be. Um, And obviously they fell short of that this season. Um, They need to uh, put structure in the offense. There's a clear hierarchy. There's a clear set in terms of, like, who's going to be where, you know, and at least that sort of takes out some of the free-flowing aspect of it because I don't think the Raptors are good at that. Um and then they have to really hammer out all the details. Like, th- this is not a team that um, is just so talented that you can just roll the ball out. So I'm not saying that that's what Nick is saying, uh, Nick did this year. I'm not saying that that's what Fred is saying Nick did this year. But I do feel like there needs to be even more of an emphasis on that. Like, uh, honestly, offensive freedom should be taken away from a lot of players on this team. <laughs> no more no more democracy uh, in this offense? I didn't say that, man. Oh, okay. Don't play the chairman loop. Oh, my, my, do bad. Not say that. my bad. Do not play it. Where do you think Fred fits in, though, in this new identity? Like, assuming he does come back, right? Like, yeah, on, on both yeah. ends of the floor. Like, like, do you see him as as a capable point guard of, like, you know, managing this core group? Like, do you, are you, you know, where do you see him fitting in? Because I know he's talking about the rest of the team. I mean, right? Fred is really, like, an extension of the coaching staff in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like, he is, like, the coach on the floor, so to speak. And so, you know, I, I do see him, you know, setting the play, organizing people, getting people in the right spots, and then... You know, obviously, the ideal scenario is not for Fred to be your second leading scorer. Um, I don't think that that's conducive to being good on offense. We've seen the stats uh, bear itself out over three years now. 
And so I think um, in a scenario where someone can take that mantle alongside of Pascal or maybe even slightly behind Pascal in terms of those are your main scores, and then Fred's your third guy, probably feels a lot better in that sense, right? But again, I think it depends on the roster. Like who is actually both has the aptitude to take that on and also has the ability to deliver those kind of results. Yeah, I think I think the part of it too is like hard to talk about this in full right now just because we don't know what the roster is going to be next season, right? Cuz mm-hmm. like we're talking about so much of this just assuming that this is the the core group, right? Sure. And yeah, the conversation yeah. probably is going to change in in like July when when we revisit this and like talk about it, right? You could see mm-hmm. some changes here. I thought it was interesting too. Like Fred's always been known as as the most candid, outspoken guy and he was that again yesterday. Um, and in contrast to to Pascal, who kind of laughed about it himself too. So uh, Pascal, uh, you know, a reporter told uh, Pascal about Fred's comments, and here's what Pascal had to say. Like, <laughs> Fred said that. Um, I don't know. Again, um, my favorite line is like, yeah, like I, I, I just um, there's people that that get. <laughs> get paid some money to um to do that and it's it's mostly not part of my job but um whenever it is there's going to be discussions and if my input is is you know allowed or once we get to even that like you know there's going to be conversation to be made but for me like that's just not something that um i feel like i, I need to discuss that's a very healthy approach, I feel like, by Pascal with the way that no. he's dealing with the media. <laughs> it's funny because Pascal realizes that, like, he has used this line over and over again, that, you know, that's above my pay grade, mm-hmm. which, I mean, to be honest, no one's really above his pay grade on the team. He's definitely the highest paid person in all the Toronto Raptors organization. Um, so obviously amended it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Pascal's approach towards this is just like, look, I don't want to comment on this. It's the same thing with the trade deadline, right? Talked about it in terms of, like, everyone asks, obviously, about... What do you think is going to happen with the roster? What do you think we need? And this is his go-to move. This, this is like the spin move. This is like his spin move. <laughs> he's but in the media. out of trouble. He's no, spun out of it's trouble. literally his spin move. He swirled man. his way out of another like, question. Well, it's above my pay grade. He's like, I just focus on basketball. No, like, you know what? I, I actually, I don't, I don't mind. I really don't mind. Because you know what it does? It doesn't create any controversy. It doesn't create any conversation. Yeah, there's no like conflicting answers and with people Fred. can't read into it with, in terms of what Pascal truly thinks or whatever. No, so. I, I honestly wanted to highlight that because yeah. I think it's a really, really smart approach. Like we do mm-hmm. appreciate Fred's candidness, but yeah, Pascal just wants to hoop and drink Red Bull. Like, that's it. Those are his two things. No, and and play really FIFA? Is. What else? What else is on his top five list, you think? Uh, he probably wants to play soccer. Okay, that yeah. as well. Yeah, no, Pascal, think... come out to my Friday runs. <laughs> what? Try um, beside your favorite restaurant, school. Mm, yeah. Not pie, which Gary shouted out <laughs> yesterday. Are we on that topic already? Uh, no, I just wanted to. Oh, okay, okay. Just wanted to slip that in there. Yeah, shouts to, to Pi. P A I, by the way. Yeah, shouts to Pi. Um, you know, we're talking about the new identity and like Fred's role on the team too. And uh, you know, Sportsnet's William Liu, uh, you know, was on hand to ask Fred about coexisting with Scotty and facilitating his growth as a point guard. And here's what Fred had to say about that. Yeah, I would love to play with another point guard. <laughs> I would love it. You know what I mean? They worked well when me and Kyle did it. Not that you know. Uh, they's that anywhere the same player um same type of player but uh yeah again we explored a lot of that this year you know there was a lot of times where he was the primary ball handler um it kind of went back and forth um again i think just i try to share with him as much as i can in my experiences so one thing that i saw him take a lot of growth in this year was like the value of a possession his turnovers went way down organizing 
manipulating ahead of the time. He's such a freak that he can just make a play in the moment um, naturally. But there's a lot of ways where you can set that up way ahead of time. You know what I mean? So he, he took a, a lot of steps in the right direction this year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's something that, you know, we have to figure out as a group, right? It's like what are is everybody's role and what is it going to be? And it sounds silly to say that, you know what I mean? But a lot of, like, this regiment that we need, you know, is kind of that would help things, you know, if we knew every everything that was going to come, you know. Um, yeah, I think that was an interesting answer from Fred just because it he goes He said basically to, the same thing, man. We need roles. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I think mean, the main theme of telling. coming out of it was was the role definition, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was the whole conversation coming into this season, and that remains the conversation heading into next season. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, I, I asked the question. Um, it was like uh, Ryan Wolstad actually, they had asked the previous question about sort of um, – you know, what he thought of Scotty this summer and sort of what his best advice was for Scotty. And, and Fred really talked about just getting in the lab, really working, you know, like especially for a player that young, it's just sort of that's the only thing that could really speed up the process. And he mentioned that Scotty's already, you know, beginning to do that and um, he's getting a regiment down and, you know, said a lot of glowing things, sky's the limit, you know. Um, so I had the follow-up question. Um, and, yeah, I, I wanted to sort of talk about sort of the fit because, you know, obviously Scotty wants to be the point guard. Um, and you know, obviously Fred plays point guard, right? So sort of like, how do you manage that? How do you facilitate that? And that's why he said the thing about like, I would love to play with on that point guard, which I do think is actually something that when you think back on this whole, like, you know, 10 years, you know, a long time, you know, all that kind of stuff, like this 10 year period with the Raptors being successful, they've always had like two point guards on the floor or at least two players functionally playing point guard, right? Um, even but no when- more than two ever though. Yeah. No, I mean they've even had, they've even had three because okay, even, okay. even that. Forgot 20, about those days. Yeah. yeah well, the fourteen fifteen season, you know, they had you know Kyle, they had Gravis, they also had oh, Lou right. Williams. But even in those moments where Demar Derozan became more and more sort of a combo guard, mm. right? You had Kyle and Demar in those sort of moments, and you're able to split it. And of course, then you had Kyle and 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 Fred being able to sort of have two point guard looks a, a long time. And yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that's something historically that has worked in in this in this city in this franchise under these coaches. Um, so I actually don't think that that really is something that um, is sort of taking away from each other. Um, and, and you know, like, even the point about sort of balancing possessions, it was interesting because I looked it up. Um, Scotty's averaging slightly more turnovers this year, uh, 2.0 versus 1.8 last year. But I do think that he's had more playmaking responsibilities as evidenced by his increase in assists from 3.5 to 4.8. So I actually, that that's a better turnover, assist-to-turnover ratio, right? So that's that's actually better. But... The idea that, like, you know, you could pass a couple of things along, I think that that's good. And I think that um, there's been this, like, conversation along the season in terms of just, like, how does all this roster fit? Does Fred fit with Scotty? Does Pascal fit with Scotty? All this other kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, um, the more his games grows and develops, then we can answer this question. Right now, I think Scotty, to me, is still very much a question in terms of, like, what is he specifically? What is he going to be moving forward? What's his best position moving forward? We've asked Nick this question over, over um you know, the course of the season, and he hasn't really given a clear answer on it. He sometimes even kind of scoffed at it and said sort of like, why does it matter? Um, but then again, it kind of does come back to that final point of like, this would really clarify itself once everyone has roles. 
Yeah. Well, I think. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No. That, 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 it feels like something very straightforward, but you know. It, no, it's, but it's, these, it's somehow not. I think it's the thing too for you. It's like these mm-hmm. are the things that we've talked about all year. Like none of the things that you've said, I think, in this segment is new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've we've we pointed out these problems, and you know, one of the things too, I think, for anybody looking at this roster, like the fastest path if you want to take a shortcut to to getting back to to winning is is Scotty, you know, making a leap potentially next season, and he talked about you know, wanting to to get more workouts in. And one of the things that he hi- highlighted was he needed to get better. Uh, he wanted to get better at his conditioning as well. And he was asked how his conditioning impacted his play this year. And here's what he had to say. I want to say it really, um, I want to say it impacted it super, but uh, I get tired at times where I'm picking up full court the way I play. Um, I do a lot of, I feel like where it all for me it really starts on the fifth man. So me picking up full court, uh, making a lot of rotations and things that I do on the floor. Um, I feel like it's just going for me to take a, another step defensively. I feel like it'll just take a different level of conditioning. Um, I work uh, really hard on the defensive end, so I feel like I just gonna take another step from that. Uh, what did you make of Scotty on the defensive end this year? Um, yeah, I mean, he had the second most defensive responsibility, I think, behind OG. Like, most times you saw Scotty this season, um, you know, rotate between guarding centers to, to guarding point guards, right? Um, you saw a lot of that in terms of before Yak came here, uh, primarily the Raptors' defensive strategy was to have um, OG and Scotty on both sides of the, the, the opposing team's, like, favorite pick-and-roll actions, or they could switch those. And, 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 you know, like, for example, if you're playing against the Sixers, it was like, you know, uh, Scotty on Joel and, and OG on James Harden and then switching that, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, he had lots of defensive responsibilities. And I think that this is all part of, like, the stuff that we don't quite see when we're talking about, like, you know, what their numbers are in the, the day or even what the play types are running and stuff like that. Like, this stuff is secondary to sort of, like, how much, you know, they have in the tank to sort of give in the first place. And learning how to manage that is is a huge part of being a professional. Like, I, I think that you know, for, for, for Scotty, like he, he did such a great job of it last season in terms of, you know, coming into this league, obviously he won rookie of the year, um, you know, played with a lot of exuberance, played a lot of minutes, stayed pretty healthy for the course of the season. Um, you know, I, I think that was, that set the bar so high that it's like, these are still parts of maturation process for any young player. Right. So no, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, like, it's, it's good. I, I think the one big takeaway I like from a lot of the um, the, the, the season-ending press conferences is just, like, how much accountability players took in terms of being honest about the shortcomings of the roster and sort of what they individually need to do better as well. So I like this approach from Scotty. It's very mature. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, you know, in the summer with these players and when they come back. Those are really the main things for me. You know, I know the rest of the players, you know, all talked about, you know, their contract situations, not really any updates there. You know, most of them said, you know, OG said he'd love to be here. You know, Pascal said if they came to him with the extension, you know, he'd love to have that conversation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Not really anything else for me to take away. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to highlight. No, I mean, look, I, I, I yeah, even the stuff about like, you know, long term, um, are you going to stay here? Or, or, and the same thing with the questions about like Nick Nurse, are you happy with him at coach essentially? Like, the question, the, the answer you have to ask yourself is, what are they supposed to say? No, there's, yeah, there's no other answer that they're going that's, to provide. That's kind of why we're not really running these clips or even putting them on a quote graphic or anything like that. It's not to say that they're lying or deceitful, but it's like in that position, when they're put on a podium like that, mm. if they say anything else other than, you know, I'm a fan, <laughs> like, 
it'll become it'll become a much bigger story. So yeah, it was a I media, think that's just good media training. For it was a, me- them, it was a good honest. media exercise. I don't know if I fully buy all of it, but hey, listen. <laughs> for yeah. all involved, except for Nick, uh, you know, Nick had a chance to say that he did regret those comments, but it's okay. We're finished having that conversation. Well, I, I, as Nick would say, you know, it was the media's fault. Yeah. It was uh, bef- the media's fault for bringing it up. Before we take the break, just want to mention uh, another member of Heavy.com, uh, Sean Devini. Yo, how deep is this roster, man? This was making the rounds wow. today. The roster um, is heavy. So he quoted an anonymous league source that uh, says he expects the Raptors to make significant changes this summer. Okay. And I just want to get ahead of this. We are not going to... Again? We're not going to deal in it. We already did the trade deadline. And the Raptors are not allowed to be the main character of the trade market anymore after what they put us through. I so agree. unless, unless you know, if another, of course, everyone around the league is like looking at this situation and being like, you know, they had a disappointing season. They've got all these free agents and all this, like they're going to have to make significant changes. We've known that Masai and Bobby, uh, you know, lots of times will pick their own path, mm. uh, the one not expected by everyone else. So uh, we're just not going to dabble in these uh, rumors until there's anything like concrete or, you know, something interesting to talk about. Yeah, like, again, like, what I have to say with this is similar to what I said about the Knicks situation yesterday. It's just, like, unless these people have had conversations with, with Nick and Bobby um, in terms of the specific directions of the team, I even think I, even agents might be a little bit confused in terms of what's going on here, right? Because on paper, like, this is, this, is, this is very messy. Like, the Raptors are out of the first-round pick next year. Um, they aren't going to pick in the lottery this year or high in the lottery. They don't have any chance to win it really. It's like a 1% chance of the top pick. Like, you know, just jump Dallas. That's all I want. Okay. Let's jump Dallas. <laughs> I, I want Nico Harrison to be sad because he's slandered Dorian Finney. I can't Smith. wait, man. Who do, you, who do you think they're going to send to the, the lottery, by the way? Because you got to send a representative. It's going to, I think it's going to be, Oh, the Raptors. Well, we had Masai and then we had, we had Fred <sighs> last time. We can't send Fred now. He's, he's a free agent. So yeah. And well, when he uh, turns down his player option, but let's send, uh, let's send Rico Hines there. Yeah. Rico Hines. Change it up. All right. Yeah, how about that? Face of the franchise, Rico Hines. Well, because <laughs> who, who do you want? You can't put Nick in there. Who? Yeah. So who do you want? Uh, it's tough to pick a player too. You know, if, you Masai, if I swear, if Masai sends Bobby, it won't be fair, man. Masai, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have no, no one no. to send there, you got to go there no, yourself. I want. I, want a, I don't. Don't want, put Bobby <laughs> on that poster again, man. I want Otto Porter Jr., who, who has a player option, hold up a lucky chicken feet. You know, like <laughs> lucky chicken feet. You know how they bring the lucky superstitious stuff. If Otto Porter yeah, yeah. helps us jump okay. from like eleventh right. to like eighth. One of the most unluckiest do, players do, in the league. Do you yeah. think the contract okay. the contract would have been worth it if he represents us and brings us good luck? You know what? You're right. There is a redemption story arc there. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, look, it's a free trip to New York. I mean, whoever wants to go to New York that day or for I that mean, weekend. Go to, I think he's been to New York during this <laughs> last four months. Okay, that's fair. Um, oh, God. What was my point? Yeah, unless, unless people have talked to them. Like, we, we really don't. Know, yes. Right? And, like, on, 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 uh, on paper right now, it's a, it's a bad situation. You have multiple key players going mm-hmm. into... For agency, you have lots of players being available for extension, like Pascal, and I think Precious is also up for a rookie scale extension too. So there's a lot of things going on. Like it's going to be a really busy summer. Um, I think on paper it makes a lot of sense to make a lot of changes, but we said this at the trade deadline as well, and they chose to go in the other direction. So they are the wild card. They they really are the wild card. <laughs> once I'm again, sorry. I'm once sorry. again, anonymous, anonymous sources have just told me in my ear that they're going to be the wild card. Once again, the Raptors are are here again. All right, I feel like your excitement level is like a five today. Talk about the Raps. So let's talk about the first weekend of the playoffs when when we come back. All right, all right, okay. We're gonna take that break. I've been your host Willu. That's Alex Vaughn. You're listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connect Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge discussing the biggest stories that matter to toronto sports fans the fan morning show with alish forfar and justin cuthbert subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Continue to be joined by co-host and producer, Alex Wong. Got some shout-outs for us, Alex? Yeah, I just want to quickly shout-out Shanda and her husband from uh, Corner Brook, Newfoundland. You know, long-time listeners. I, I know, you know, you know Shanda as well. Um, I do know Shanda. They're in town. Knew, this, yeah, what's up? I knew Shanda was in town because I was in the elevator, mm. and I was looking at the... Jumbo this was that Wednesday's screen. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, like, Shanda's, like, photo popped up on one of those, oh. like, fans at the game, use hashtag whatever. Oh, yeah, okay, it was that's on there, cool. So. Shout out to Shanda. Yeah, so. You get to connect, but you did. No, I met, met up with her yesterday, and her husband dropped off the final two signed copies of Cover Story for them. Um, they're going wow. to Jay's game tonight, um, and as we were talking in the, in the lobby of the downtown hotel yesterday, because the Jays were playing, like, these five Jays fans came in <laughs> carrying one guy who was like, apparently too drunk already. It was 5 p.m. That's, that's, that's my anecdote that's for like, you. That's like half of what <laughs> baseball games are for. Yeah, that's Front know. Street for you. Um, that really is Front Street vibes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, especially when the, the, the summertime comes around. Oh, which apparently, it, we, we just skipped spring, and now we're just in summertime. Yeah, there so. is no spring ever here. Uh, okay. Programming note for those who've been, you know, thanking Will for all his coverage. Uh, this week, uh, coverage is not over just because the Raptor season is over. I feel like I have to say this every summer, but, uh, I, you know, I love all of basketball, so <laughs> this is actually when the season starts for me, really. Uh, didn't notice in the first segment. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> this guy put up a Tony Snell no, and got yelled you, you at for five a, minutes. gave me a cup of milk <laughs> right oh. before going to air. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, that damn tapioca cost me 25 minutes of content. That's all good. Uh, we will be on air and be in your co- uh, part podcast feeds as well regularly until the end of the nba finals mm-hmm. and as people know in the off season you know we like to do interviews and other content the banter pod and things like that so uh yeah keep watching us on all the different platforms you know youtube uh you know on tv you know on radio all of that will update you when the schedule changes keep us the number one basketball podcast in canada so i can become more powerful but more importantly my dad doesn't think that i'm disappointed because he um he checks that chart. Your dad checks Yo, the podcast. He charts? found the change in dad. One time after card. dinner, I saw him laying down with his iPad and he was on the page. No way. He's like, did Draymond Green pass them yet? Oh, my God. <laughs> Emotional damage. That's, Yo, that's actually incredible. Because my tough. parents don't even look for this at all. I'm, so. I'm under a lot of pressure right now. Wow. Okay. So just click on these episodes. You know, first segment is all right today. Yeah, but you know, damn near 40 getting but, a report card from his dad, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, anyways, yeah, wow. Let's get your excitement up. So we've we've touched on a couple playoff series mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. first round. I want to touch on a couple more here in the second segment, but I also just want to go through before the start of the weekend all the game ones this weekend. So I've written down my predictions mm. for the first round, and we'll okay. use that to go through the series. Many of them we've touched on or don't really need to talk about. And I want to just work with you, um, you know, collaboratively. 
So I'm going to present to you my predictions, and let's just come to an agreement here on what we think. Let's do it. Okay, do it. so uh, Bucks in four. Can we move on on that? Bucks versus either <laughs> Miami or Chicago. The funniest thing 30 is seconds. we don't even know who the <laughs> opponent is, but we do know the outcome. Bucks in four. Listen, we saw Bucks in four last year, didn't we, against... Was uh, it the Bulls? Was it Chicago? Yeah, it was Chicago. Yeah, I want to say. I feel like I've seen Bucks Bulls like four times already. <laughs> yeah, and it's all, always been four and games. I've also I feel seen like. Bucks Heat a couple times too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, the fact that the veteran Bucks, who the, the one thing you can say about them is that they're just older. Mm-hmm. Do have a lot of thirty-year-olds in the rotation. Yeah, um, they just got a whole week off to just chill. Right. Yep. So I mean, yeah. This is. You think the NASA's did more pods than us this week? This was prime podcasting time. For this is prime pod- I, hope he, I, I, hope I saw Draymond drop like three pods this week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't download and listen to those. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Keep us number one. And so uh, Alex's dad. You don't understand the pressure I'm under. Game Boy. Actually, you even have Game Boys when you're growing up, man. They're going to take away your baseball oh, come cards. On, man. Like... This guy talking Atari right now. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, welcome to the take, show. Take Finally, 35, 35 minutes in. Welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Uh, Bucks and four. Are we moving on? Bucks and four. Yeah. We're we in agreement. Yeah, 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 five at most. Okay, so the number one seed over in the West, again, we don't know the opponent. It's going to be Denver versus either OKC or Minnesota. I'm taking Denver in five. Five sounds fair. I mean, it'll be very difficult to, to beat Denver in their in their gym um, for these younger teams. I do feel like between the two of them, which team do you think that they would prefer to see? <sighs> I don't know. Like, does OKC have any bigs? No. Right? <laughs> so who's guarding Jokic? Two Jalen Williamses stacked on top of each yes, other? Yes, that's actually what's going to happen. So, They're going to try to play with six players because two of them have the same name. I'm, you know, no disrespect to Ogis here in Minnesota. I really don't think it's that much of a stress for, for Denver, even though they were 12 and 11 down the stretch and, and struggled a little bit. Like, I could see Shea, like, really carrying them in a way, and I, I could see, like, that's pretty much it, though. I, I just think the one yeah. eight just. Dis- dis- I think like OPC is the better matchup yeah. for, for Denver because at least with Carnegie, I was like you could stretch it out a little bit. The big meow. Yeah. The big. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's why I'd be calling him. I'd be calling him that character from. Uh, oh come on, man. Okay, please, yeah. please unjoin the show. Um, Nuggets in five. Are we, are we in agreement? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, but I'm just trying to get through the series that aren't as interesting, and yeah, we'll actually right. talk about the ones that we care about. Uh, Boston Celtics against the Atlanta Hawks, the 2-7 matchup. We mm. touched on this earlier this week. Uh, I'm going with Boston in five here. And I could Give also them one see more game? Sweep. I don't know. Sweep? Oh, okay. I thought I, you were going to go I, six. I feel very confident hmm. in, in the way the Celtics can perform in the playoffs. Let's go Celtics in four then. Yeah, I, I'm, because I, I'm thinking like one of the things that I saw from Atlanta, especially you know in the playing game, but even over the course of the season, it's just like, when they're healthy, when, with, which they are right now, like their bench does give them an advantage over a lot of teams. Right, they can bring guys who are different difference makers, um, both defensively and offensively. But at the same time, the Celtics are also really great at that. So that's also neutralizing one of their advantages. And of course, the Celtics starting five, I think, is really well equipped to score on these guys. Um, if I would say Atlanta has a weakness, um, it not just the fact that you know they're the most mid team of all time. It's it's also just that like. Big wings, I think, can really have their way against them. And, you know, there's there's just not enough big wing defenders, I think, to guard both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think it's just a bad matchup for them. You look at Atlanta, yeah. like, they have talent on paper. No, for sure. It's also, is, is Jalen Brown's hand okay? Yeah. Like, what happened there? So again? he cl- cut his hand on a glass vase, like, at home or something like that. We haven't had an injury update on that, but I assume he's good to go. I mean, um, I suppose. But if you had five stitches, like, that that sounds painful. Yeah. That sounds really, but really we're going, painful. We're going Celtics with a sweep. I think yeah. I think there's a real chance Celtics week. Okay, this. Boston yeah. Celtics lover Will Lou. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Next up, next up, Sixers against the Nets. Uh, we haven't really talked about this series. 
So, I mean, the rosters have changed. For Brooklyn, the roster has changed up so much during the season, but the Sixers did sweep them mm. uh, in the season series for nothing. And you said the most, uh, you, had, you have it here in the notes in February, they had a game after all the trades when the Sixers won uh, by three points and they kind of came back on on Brooklyn. I I just, I think the Sixers are going to roll in this first round series. I really don't think Brooklyn can really push them here. I got Sixers in five. Yeah, I, I think Nick Claxton's had a really good defensive season, but I do think that um, one of the issues for him guarding Joel is just, um, I just don't think he's able to keep Joel from getting to his spots. Mm. Now, very few teams in the league can keep Joel from getting to his spots, right? Um, but, you know, there is a physicality element that is just so much overwhelmingly in favor of Joel in that matchup. Um, I think that, obviously, they're going to have all these wings, and, you know, I th- they could maybe replicate s- a similar strategies to what Toronto used against them last year. Um, but, yeah, this, I think five makes sense, just because you have to factor in, like, you know, the, the Sixers, besides Joel, I, I don't fully trust the rest of them. Um and I, I do think that with the way Brooklyn can play in terms of spacing out the floor, that um, there will be a game where they hit 23s. And I'm going to give them that game. But, yeah, six or five seems pretty reasonable. Oh, okay. The pretty, first yeah. round for the East is going to be kind of mid. I'm not going to lie. I think the second round is going to be amazing. But we have to endure the first round to get there. Yeah, the second round always for me is always the best round. Um, okay, here are some of the series that we haven't talked about. One of them is Cleveland against New York. The yeah, this four, one's going to be great. Five matchups. So, uh, the key injury is Julius Randle. Um, he sprained his ankle at the end of March. Um, he is, he hasn't like fully practiced yet. He's been at practice, but not like been with the team. I don't think he's going to be playing this weekend. Mm. So that's going to be huge. Um, Jalen Brunson, obviously a huge player for, for the Knicks. The Knicks have a lot of depth off the bench as well. Yep. We know about Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell, um, and that starting lineup with, the uh, two generational defenders, Jared Allen and your guy, mm. Evan Mobley. I thought, I thought you were going to say Lamar Stevens. <laughs> Oh my God! Or Isaac Okoro. Um, this is a toss-up for uh, me. I'm 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 one of those guys who is excited to to see playoff games uh, played at at Madison Square Garden. I think it's going to be a really yeah, good vibe there. Yeah, for sure. We saw that a couple of years ago with Trey Young there. But I, I think the Cavs are I think the Cavs are a really good team, man. I know they were stuck in that fourth yeah. seed, but I do think it's going to go back and forth here. I'm I'm going with Cleveland in seven. Yeah, seven. I feel like. I don't know. I, I do think Cleveland is going to win this series. I, I just think that if you look at Donovan Mitchell's playoff track record, it, it, it is still pretty great. What about last year? Last year Jalen was, Brunson just cooked him. Last year was rematch. different. Right, and this year the rematch is going to be very fun. I mean, that was the highlight in the last time they met with each other is that, like, you know, Brunson, I think, had 48, which is a career high for him, and, and, and Mitchell had, like, 44. Like, these obviously guys can really go back and forth against each other. Um but, yeah, I mean, Randall's injury, I think, really does push it strongly in favor of Cleveland, um, no matter what. But um, I- I'm curious to see because, like, a lot of these guys are younger and we haven't seen them in a playoff setting, right? And so, you know, I'm, when I'm thinking about the Knicks side, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering about their bench um, in terms of, like, can that's been a big strength of theirs, you know, but that's a younger group. Can they sort of replicate that success um, in the playoffs, right? Um, and, you know, from the, from the Cleveland perspective, I feel like they've had such a successful year and we've sort of just penciled them in in the playoffs this whole time. But it's a different animal, and I'm curious to see how Evan Mobley reacts to that. I'm curious to see how, you know, Darius um, Garland reacts mm. to all this, too. So it's a – this is this is one of the most even matchups, which is exactly what you expect with 4-5, but I still think that Cleveland has the edge ultimately just because I trust Mitchell more than I trust anybody else in this series. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just have home team win every game in this series. No, I mean, I think Cavs, this is how it should break Cavs out. Cavs in seven. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, Lakers-Grizzlies, we talked about earlier this week. Um 
I've got the. I'm taking the Lakers in seven. I feel like no one really likes any of the top seeds. Is, is this is like my vibe with, well, with all of it? I think the thing with the West is like in the West. I want to ask you. It's like what do you value, right? Because like if you value regular season success, mm-hmm. you point it towards Denver, point it towards Memphis, and even Sacramento, which we're going to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. If you value you know stars in the playoffs, best player in a series, you take Phoenix. Because arguably, they could have the two best players like in the West playoffs in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, or do you value someone like LeBron and the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. That there's experience there. You look at the Warriors. Do you value their continuity and championship experience? It, it's really just what you value, right? And in this in, the, and in, and in this and in this matchup, do you value, you know, the youth of, of the Grizzlies versus a, an older team in, in the Lakers, right? I think to me, like just watching the Grizzlies perform last year in the playoffs, it didn't really give me a lot of confidence. Oh, My, yeah. To say that's an understatement, man. They yeah. were so chaotic in that first round against Minnesota and then against uh, against the Warriors. The Dylan War- Brooks shot them out of that series. Dylan Brooks shot them out of the series. It was also about breaking the rules and, and oh, that's breaking right. Gary Yep, he Gary injured Payton. Gary Payton the second. And yep. it was about like Jordan Poole maybe like, did a judo move on, <sighs> yeah. on John Morant's but knee. This like, a, this it was is, never yeah. really about the basketball itself. And I, that's yep. where I feel like for a team like Memphis, like their half-court offense needs to be a lot better to be able – I mean, the Lakers are pretty good defensively now, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's no doubt. And um, I think that, yeah, the, they're going to try to play in the fast uh, – you know, a faster style of game, which I always question in the playoffs. Um, and then also I just do feel like, you know, Memphis's size, like that's typically an advantage that they would have against a lot of teams. They don't have that anymore, especially because of the injuries. But – Especially against the Lakers, and so um, this is this is a tough time to run into them, um, especially early on in the series. You, you never really know with the Lakers. I'm worried about injuries. I wouldn't be surprised at all if somebody you know was unable to sort of play in a portion of this sort of matchup. But unfortunately, I also have the Lakers, um, and that's no disrespect to Memphis, by the way. I, I, like I don't think the Lakers are well equipped to guard Memphis. Um, Lakers are not a typical seven seed with their roster coming. Yeah, in. I know, but like at the same time, like I, I do think Memphis is a really good team, but. Um, this is a bad matchup for them, but I, I do think that they will have certain advantages, obviously. Like, for, and I don't see anyone on the Lakers really stepping in the guard, you know, John Moran, for example. Yeah, and, like, the Lakers draw a lot of fouls, and we know that Jaron Jackson Jr., like you mentioned earlier yeah, this week, yeah, gets yeah. in a lot of foul trouble. And I think when you get deeper into the series, too, you know, do you favor Memphis just because they've got, you know, the, the younger players and more energy? Is fatigue going to set in? Or do you trust a LeBron-led team more, right, in a game six or in a take-all game seven, right? Sure, it's, sure. it's really hard to pick, Um, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust LeBron and and the better team that he has around him now from, from the start of the season. That's so fair. That's fair. You you want to go with me on that? Lakers I, do you think seven? it'll go all, all the way to seven games? Yeah, I can see it. So they will have to win on the road in Memphis? Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. LeBron's been in a lot of adverse situations, and this is not going to be one of them. I hope he says that. By the way, the, the, the best part about this series is really just going to be what Dylan Brooks does to LeBron. I'm already so tired of it, and nothing has happened. No, I mean, I'm, I'm ex- so tired. I'm of expecting it. at one point, like, LeBron's going to fall over, and, like, Dylan Brooks is going to raise his jersey and give him a raspberry or something. Like, you just never know. There's nothing that's off the table with That's what I do. I talk. <laughs> that is one of my favorite quotes ever, because it also defines our jobs. That's I, all we I'm do. Supposed to. That's all we do is come in here and talk trash. Every day. About the entire NBA. Um, next up, excited for this one. No Paul George, not expected to play in this series between Phoenix and the Clippers. 
um, you know, Phoenix for me basically had like a month of preseason, like playing against all these like mm-hmm. teams that they, they never played in a real competitive game, sat all their guys at the end when they could have played against the Lakers and Clippers in like some competitive games. So with KD, they haven't really faced any like intense competition. And now they're just going to start the playoffs with this team. Now, granted, yeah. they are undefeated uh, with KD. I just think the Paul George injury is going to be really hard to, to overcome, like all due respect to, to Kawhi Leonard. I actually am picking the Suns to, to win this relatively easily in five. I feel like the Clippers, to me, like maybe it's because we've seen Paul George and Kawhi injured so much, but like we've seen a shorthanded Clippers team like extend series. Now, of course, we've seen the roster and personnel change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was that for? That's Kawhi. Sometimes we do no, not expect No, I know ex- that's Kawhi, Sometimes man. we do not expect this from Derek. Oh, oh man. My God. No, but like, you know, they, they obviously have players sort of coming in and out um but no i, I kind of like their depth meanwhile i don't really trust phoenix's depth um I, I do think monty williams has done a really great job of sort of getting guys to sort of play in his system and, and produce but at the same time in a playoff series like I, I do question sort of you know can you trust you know joshua kogi to continue like the the promising play that he's had for a lot of the season or Terrence are you going to really rely on Terrence Ross? I'm um, sorry, but like, I, I, I really fundamentally do not trust Terrence Ross. <laughs> Our guy, Ishwain Wright, you Ishwain know, Wright sure, and like, all these guys. Oh, I'm totally with you on that point. I yeah. just don't think it's going to factor in until maybe later in the playoffs. I, I don't know, man. I'm giving Kawhi more than one game in the series. Really? Like, I think Phoenix I, is going to win just because I do think that, obviously, they're very, very talented relative to sort of where they are in, in, in the final standings. Were they four? Or five. Yeah, so four or five. So they're they were fifth. They were yeah. fifth. Yeah, so they're, they're obviously I'm way more talented than a typical fifth seed, but... Um, yeah, at the same time, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just I trust Kawhi too much, but I think Kawhi's going to take over in some of those games. So and you want to go Suns in six? I might say Suns in seven, to be honest. All right, all right. I, I, I really would like to see Suns in seven, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do feel like this is the time maybe you catch Phoenix a little bit less, like, cohesion and mm-hmm. chemistry and all that kind of stuff, and you can extend it in the first round. But, I mean, ultimately, yeah, they, they are kind of just one star short, unfortunately. I, I think we're going to learn a lot just from like game one like i can just see just kd coming out here just raining jumpers over like i don't know norm powell robert covington i guess it would put Kawhi. no on they should put Kawhi on him but it's like you got devin booker there as well like yeah, i yeah. could easily see the suns just coming out and like winning by 30 and just making no, a statement fine, but to it's set not the like tone. clippers have no depth at all like the clippers are going to have a, I, I would say more depth off the bench i just think the paul and george injury is so huge no I, like I, in I, this matchup fundamentally i think it'll be huge but yeah at the same time i think for me the main uh, appeal of this series is just seeing like the t- the second and third best forwards of this generation to play against each other yeah. in a full series. That's all, again, that's all I want to see. The last time I really remember seeing Kawhi versus KD was that game in Scotiabank Arena when obviously Kawhi was in Toronto and Kawhi had 37 and KD had 51. And the Raptors ultimately won that game. It was actually one of the probably the my favorite regular season games ever mm-hmm. watching the Raptors. Um, I think Kyle Lowry hit a three in, over, in, in, in overtime or made down the stretch. It was a huge three. I think Pascal had like 25 or something like that too. But yeah, no, that game was was really, really incredible just watching those two forwards go at each other. And we haven't had like a great series between those two with them both being in their prime. So this might be their last chance to do it. And um, I'm, I'm excited, man. Okay, so we're going to go Suns in seven. I'm going to go Suns in seven. If you want to go Suns in five. I mean, no, I no, no. I, I want to collaborate with you on oh, all okay. these picks, man. Got you. Uh, and now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. So thought for this segment today, we would highlight Uh, I think the series that everyone's most excited about, the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Mm. So we know that the Kings are the three seed, the number one offense in the league this year, feel-good story. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006. We know the Warriors, I believe, won like nine games on the road this season, uh, give or take. Um, The Warriors uh, in the playoffs, though, have won a road game in 27 
consecutive playoff series. What kind of stat Dating is back that? to 2013. Call me Stats Williams. What kind of stat is that? We didn't even have time to talk about Whoa. my thing on is Steph underrated. Just uh-huh. because I feel like when you get into a seven-game series, when it's like prime LeBron, prime Giannis, yeah. you know, like people are just like, oh, best player in the series. We're easy. We're just going to pick that team. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do this with Steph? Like, I'm looking at this series like the Warriors have made the finals the last six times that they were in the playoffs. Yeah. So outside of the time that when they missed in 2020 with all the injuries, they lost two games in the 2021 play-in without Klay Thompson. They haven't lost a series to a Western Conference team since 2014 in the first round. That was to the Clippers. That was the Donald Sterling series and Mark Jackson's last series as a head coach. Mm. Only two teams have taken them to seven games during this span in the West. 3-1 comeback against OKC and the, and the comeback against Houston when they were down 3-2. Right. Those are the only two West teams that ever pushed them to seven games. All due respect to, to the Sacramento Kings. They are none of those teams. I do not uh, respect, um, you know, their pedigree carrying over into the playoffs. I just think, I think the Warriors might have trouble later on just because they have to exhaust so much energy winning these road games. I've got the, uh, I've got the Warriors in six and the line for game one is basically, it's a pick em. So it's, it's mm. a, it's a pick em. I am going to go with the Warriors to, to take game one. What about you? Yeah. I mean, for me, like, there shouldn't even be too much of a question um, with all due respect to Sacramento. But, like, like if you just think about this iteration of the Warriors, right, only two teams have ever beat them in a playoff series. It's, like, LeBron at his very peak with Kyrie, with Kevin Love, and with some extenuating circumstances. Like, I don't want to sound like Aisha Curry, but one of you have seen Steph Curry foul out of a game. Yeah. Okay. And let's be clear, with LeBron playing, like, out of his mind. Yeah, like, like literally greatest of all times behavior mm-hmm. from LeBron, mm-hmm. okay? So make that the goat series. sounds. You want to make the goat? You know? <laughs> Why did you do that? Uh, and then, and then we saw it in 2019, and, you know, that Your was Toronto obviously Raptors. with some injuries mm-hmm. that, that clouded, you know, the yeah. outcome of that series. So, like, no, no, I, I just don't think that, you know, Sacramento really has the goods to sort of do it here yeah. against the Warriors. I see the Warriors, they're, they're healthy. Wiggins came back in time. They got Gary uh, Payton back after all that time. They have Steph Curry. Right. Like, the only thing they're missing from last year is Otto Porter, but I, <laughs> I they got Dante DiVincenzo, so they were able to really replace yeah. a lot of that production with a th- different player, but similar or maybe similar overall level of production. So, no, I actually really like the Warriors. Um, not only in this game, but if we're talking about, you know, are we making championship predictions? Yeah, we ran out of time to give a detailed explanation, so maybe we can touch on it on Monday. But my, my prediction is uh, Sixers-Warriors in the finals. Yeah, I, I got I, I got Warriors-Celtics in, in a rematch. Oh, okay. And Boston, unfortunately, I think, Celtics I think Boston supporter. takes it this time. I'm Boston sorry. Cel- no, this is going to be like 2001, man. I, when Iverson won the MVP and they went to the finals, Embiid, this is the year for Embiid, I think. Okay. He's seen him push through. Best, He's going to be the best player in the East. And um, James Harden won't have to win that many games because Embiid's going to be the new Shaq. That's fun. Well, that's it. So that was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. All right. Well, enjoy the NBA playoffs. It's going to be great. Um, That does it for us today. I've been your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again. Our producer and co-host, Alex Wong, for carrying this episode. Our board producer, Derek Brandale, and Jennifer Rowland for helping with the YouTube stream. We'll be back to talk more about the NBA next week.